It's great to see you. Welcome back. Debbie Potterman, in Israel? Okay, the share officially begins. We're living with a prayer. If anyone missed last week's share, so did I. There wasn't a share last week, but I'm actually going to bring in something from Vayishlach, Vayeshev. This week is Vayeshev. We're also coming close to Hanukkah. And I'll take my time. I usually try for each class to be uh, independent, even though somewhat related thematically to some of the earlier classes. But what I do today will be continued, most likely not next week, where I want to focus on Mizmar Shir Chanukah Sabayis and why we say it on Hanukkah and how it connects to everyday life. But we'll come back to this at the end of Sefer Beresha. So let's look into a few psukim from Vayeshev, and then we're going to uh, jump in to an incredible, incredible insight into tefillah, which I believe is very much halacha l'masa. We have this scene in this coming parsha, Parsha Vayeshev. This pasuk is very often uh, overlooked, at least from my perspective. The brothers have made a determination to get rid of Yosef, just to put it bluntly. This is not a parsha here, but we should know the story, and you'll see how this has an impact, lahalacha. So what do they say? They say, you have it in Lamed Zayin Chaf, 37, 20, it's the first pasuk if you have the sheets. I know many people listen on a podcast, they don't necessarily get the sheets. So you could open up Yechumashim, or you could always ask me for the sheets and I'll send them out to you. So they have it in front of them, several uh, boroughs, several pits. I don't know if anyone here has recently taken a trip to Shechem. Unfortunately, I haven't been there in a while. You can imagine a tour guide telling you this is the pit where Yosef was thrown into. But how does he know? There are many pits, apparently, in Shechem at this time. We're going to throw him into one of the pits. And then Ruvain comes along. Fascinating, uh, Ruvain. We don't really want to kill him, at least immediately. So what do we do? You'll notice that I highlighted Habar Hazeh which means that the tour guide now could put up a sign and say, this is the bar. I'm sure everyone's been to Beersheba and you've been to Avram's tree. It's still standing there. There's a sign. This was the tree. The only problem is Beersheba today is probably not Beersheba then, but it's, it's Baruch Hashem. You get to spend some time in Eretz Yisrael. El Habar Hazeh. Now, why does Ruvain want to throw him into this bar? At least on the surface, it looks like from Pashup Shat, he didn't see what was actually in there. He saw an empty bar. But what was really in the bar? This is, we all know the story. They listened to Ruvain, and they threw him into the pit that he suggested. It could be that if he was in another bar, we wouldn't be reading the story because maybe he would have immediately. Obviously, Hashem's running the world, and Yosef would have found another way to survive, most likely. That's probably how the story would have worked. But look at these psukim again. Not the way we looked at them when we were in elementary school, but you look at it from the different choices that are made, the brothers evaluating. You know, we all go through these calculations, how to punish someone, which pit, you know, which uh, type of... um, suspension you know schools have to evaluate do you throw them into the permanent pit temporary pit all these are choices that have to be made 
What does Rashi tell us? We're very familiar with Rashi can't make this up. It's based on the Medrash. The fact that it says, Why does the Torah have to tell us this? So Ruvain was right that probably unlike the others where Yosef would have at least through Teva, through nature, drowned right away or been eradicated right away. But you know what? Embedded in that pit, there was a lot of danger. Like some people's apartments, right, in Washington Heights, right? There were a lot of insects, snakes, scorpions. And obviously you needed Hashkachas Hashem and some form of nace, as we're about to see, for Yosef to be saved. Keep that in mind. The Cheskuni in Parshas Vayechi, now we're fast forwarding, brings down a medrash. We will come back to this medrash, God willing, when we continue this year, we're going to have other shiurim in between. And he quotes here in a medrash. The medrash is an amazing medrash. This pit, and why I'm spending so much time on this pit, has another appearance in the Torah. Not in the text itself, but according to medrash. And a medrash that finds its way into halacha. You know, many years later, when the brothers reconcile, as much as they reconcile, let's assume correct, they reconcile, they go back together and they bury Yaakov. And the brothers come up with, according to some, a made-up story. They lie. George Sulfan, I see him on here, he gave a story, he gave a share a couple weeks ago on Shekhar. I don't know if he used this source, but they, the brothers lied. It's one of the examples where maybe you're allowed to lie for shalom, for, for saving your life. You can't say everything's saving your life, but there's certain situations to save your skin, you're allowed to lie. And they came up with a story. Others say it happened, so it's just not in the text. And they said that before your, the old man died, before our old man Yaakov died, he told us that we, everything should work out between us. Why did they have to come up with such a story? Because according to the Medrash that the Cheskuni quotes in the source over there, what I call a revisit to the scene of the crime, Yosef HaTzadik on the way back from burying Yaakov says to the brothers, listen to this literally, I am going to make a pit stop. You see where it comes from, that expression, a pit stop? We're gonna make a pit stop. I'm gonna stop at the pit where you guys threw me into. Or he didn't tell them, it looks like from the Medrash, he took a detour and they're all thinking about where's Yosef going? And Yosef stops at that pit and he looks into the pit. The brothers imagined, as we'll see later, I don't want to give it away, that he was coming up with a plan for their demise. Why did he go this? So look what the Cheskuni, I quote from the Cheskuni, I could have quoted from others, but the Cheskuni is one of our great Rishonim on the Chumash. Vayomru lo yistamene Yosef, they saw, right? Why did he go back? Yosef went back for another reason. He went there. Wow. A miracle took place to me in this place. And vehem shamu alkein yiru. They didn't hear him say the bracha. Again, they only get part of the story. They saw him going there. This chizkuni, or this medrash, finds its way into halacha. Remember, what we're trying to do is take from the chumashim halachos to show you how the Torah 
is very much has an influence on Hilchos Tzvila. That's the, the, the theme of what we're trying to accomplish, the goals of what we're trying to accomplish this year. The Radvaz, who was uh, one of the fascinating uh, rabbis who answered response, I'm not going to have time to discuss him right now in his biography, thousands of questions that came to him, raises the question of, let's say you personally, anyone on here, any of us, our fathers, our mothers, our grandparents, if they were saved from a certain place. He defines the saving being that it was uh, close to a life situation, life and death situation. And you're saved from it. So we're all familiar with the Gemara, Brachos, Nundalid, Birchas, Hagomel. People ask me questions all the time about Birchas, Hagomel. Thank God. Sometimes the questions, they're very legitimate questions, but the answer is a little bit uh, disappointing to the people. If I would have been in that place where I was planning on going, but then my trip was canceled and a tree fell down there, should I say Birchas Agomel? A lot of rabbis are cynical about Birchas Agomel questions. I say it comes from people want to, they're not looking to make a big show so everyone can say what happened, what happened, what happened. People want to have as many opportunities as possible to express Hakaras Atov. But there is a sister or brother to Birchas HaGomel. It's not always going to match up, which many are not familiar with, which is what the Radvaz, based on this Cheskuni, based on this Medrash, is if you go back to a place, Yosef becomes the model. What I want to try to deal with in the next few minutes or so is why? If Yosef had gratitude to Hashem, why does he have to go back to the exact place? He can't daven if he goes somewhere else. If something happened to me in Eretz Yisrael, a miracle took place. You know, it looked like I was going to be finished. A tree falls while I'm walking uh, to the Kotel. And I it was able, at the last second, someone, Elio Anabi, pushed me or my wife, or someone pushed me, and the tree falls right down there, cracks it. That's what we call, probably, according to the Radvaz, the Cheskuni, that's my personal nace, right? There still are the Nisim every second, the fact that we're around. I would have to say, most likely, Berchas HaGomel, and as I'll show you in the Halacha, say Baruch She'as When you say Berchas HaGomel, you don't set up a shul in the place where the event took place. Right, somebody doesn't come into the rabbi and say, you know what, I was in a car accident, right? And Baruch Hashem, I was saved. And it was a serious car accident, not a fender bender, but a serious car accident, a near life death experience, near death experience. We don't say no problem. We'll bring a minion to the highway, and we're going to have a Kriya Torah in the middle of, of the highway. You do it wherever you are. So, what's this idea of going back to the place? And what I want to try to show you, to me at least, it's a new insight. It's actually consistent with something that in this class we discussed early on. That's why I show you we revisit things from a different perspective. If you remember back to Yitzchak, Yitzchak goes ahead and he davens at a place. Whether it's Berlachai Roi, another place, I won't get into the exact details. He went to a certain place. Remember by Yavo Yitzchak, Yitzchak came from Davening. Why did he come from that place? So the Ramban, I showed you this in Pashas Chayesara. 
he said that he tried to establish for himself, whenever possible, obviously, a makam kavua. And what was the makam kavua? It's on the bottom of the first page, on the top of the second side. It was a place where great things happened to his father. What I suggested back then, based on the Ramban, was the makam became an assist. There's a certain sentimentality. If this was a place that where my father had a special rendezvous, a special experience with the Shechina, with Hashem, then this place is special for me. Not that he was looking for a miracle. That's not what every tefillah is, that we're looking for miracles. But it increases our kavana. Remember when we spoke about what, the whole idea of a makom, the whole idea of a special place, is that place is going to help motivate us. And you'll see how I'm going to suggest the same thing. I'm not making up. It's based on the Sephorno. Tosvo said that by, when Yitzchak came from that place, he used to go back to Har HaMaria. Har HaMaria was a pretty big deal of a place for Yitzchak. That's where he was saved or almost killed. That was his Makom Kavua, whenever possible. Obviously, there were times he had a David in his backyard. It's not because he expected every time that he went back there, there was going to be an Akedah-like experience. But that was a place that was special to him. We all have places like that in this world where our kavana could be increased. Sometimes it has to be in our home. You know, the Rabbeinu Yonah and many others say, a shul by definition is a makam kavua. When we say makam kavua, it means in our homes, we need to have a special place. But it's not just to distract us from other people, to, to not distract us, there's certain sentimentality that develops. And I want to show you how this ties in to not just this coming week's parsha that we're going to revisit, and I'll go through some of the halachas when we get to Yosef, of what happens to us. Or let's say we go back to a place. Someone asked me recently, unfortunately the trip didn't happen. They were going to take a trip to where their father was liberated, to the, one of the camps. What do you do when you go there? And I want to suggest there's a certain bracha that you say, even if something happened to your parent, we'll see how this codified lahalacha. This all ties in. Let's say we actually could identify where the pit was. Maybe we would have to say a bracha. We go back to Yosef. So listen to this incredible insight from the Sephorno. My hair would have fallen out when I first saw this, but for technical reasons, it did. What happens? The beginning of Parshas Vayetze, and Dennis, you're going to get your uh, your fix over here from Parshas Vayishlach, because he was very upset we missed last week's share. Me as well. So it's all together over here. Yitzchak, on the way out of Eretz Yisrael, I have a few minutes. Hashem comes to him. You know, that whole dream scene, it's very challenging. We spend a lot of time on it every year. And Hashem says to him, through this dream, Aaron, what's the right reading over there from the Balkare? That's what it is. You know, you think it's all over. You're so connected to Eric Yisrael, to your mother and your father. You think you're gone forever. You're going to return. You know, I thought about this when they're reading the Torah. The last time, I'm not trying to have self-pity. And I see Baruch Hashem, someone here in Eretz Yisrael. But, you know, a lot of us who get to travel to Eretz Yisrael frequently, it's not, it's always sad when you leave, but one of the ways you get over it is, you know, you kind of know you're coming back soon. If you go for the Yom Narayim, 
Some people are on this thing. They go all the time for Shalash Regalim. It's very sad leaving. You know, when I'm on the plane leaving Eretz Yisrael, it's sad. But Baruch Hashem, you, you kind of think you're going, you're coming back soon. I was there the last time in January, right? I mean, for me, this is a long time. Besides, I have kids there. I like to see them. But like, you can imagine Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, he wasn't dealing with a pandemic, but Yaakov Avinu had a brother who wanted to kill him. You know, so let's not have such Rachmanis. I know some people now they get their fix, they fly to Dubai, but that doesn't do it for me. You know, I still, I'm, my dream is Eric Yisrael, not a, a nation that in the United Nations, you know, still wants to destroy us and has transactional relationship with us. But Yaakov Avinu, he's going off. And Hashem says, don't worry, you're going to come back to this ground. Now, what exactly does that mean? I'll tell you, by the way, there's an incredible Meshachachma. I hope that Yaakov didn't see the interpretation of the Meshachachma, because you know what he says? It doesn't say, it says, Yaakov, don't worry, you're going to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. That's not what I want to hear when I'm leaving Eretz Yisrael, the next time I'm back. But we're going to go Pashib shot that you're going to come back to this land, back to not this land, or look at the way the Sephorno understands it. Not just back to this land, but back to this exact place. You're now in Beit El, which is not Beit El today, but a Tara Maria area. And Hashem says to him in Pashas Vayishlach last week, Vayomer Elohim El Yaakov, Kum Alei Beit El Vishev Sham. The way the Sephorno reads it, hardly any other Rishon reads it this way. Remember I made that promise to you? It looked like it was impossible. You're running for your life. You're leaving Eretz Yisrael. You're leaving Beit El. You're never going to have in your mind another Hara Maria experience. That's one of the reasons why he was so shocked. I slept through this. Hashem says, you're going to come back to this place. Exactly this place. This Makkum. And look at the Sephorno. You want to hug the Sephorno if we had that experience today. Vasei Sham Mizbeach. When Hashem says to him in last week's posture, go back to that place. Now, he's already in Eretz Yisrael. This is what pushes the Sephorno. Go back to that place, or he's on his way to Eretz Yisrael. V'shev sham, v'asei sham is beach. And the Sephorno says, v'asei sham is beach, l'el had nira elav, bivar chacha, when you ran away. L'aseis hoda, listen to this, to give gratitude. Al shakayim l'cha havtacha that the promise was fulfilled. Wow. Just like we're going to learn in the Gemara. You could say this is why we have it in the Gemara. A miracle took place in this, uh, a miracle took place in this place. What the Sephorno is telling us, I believe, is that why did Hashem say to Yaakov, go back to this exact place? It was going to be an asset for his gratitude to Hashem. In the place where he felt most vulnerable, God says, go back there. Why couldn't he give Hakar Satov in Shechem? Why couldn't he give Hakar Satov when he hit the border? Because you're only going to get, be able to give the highest level of gratitude if you're able to reimagine that scene. The original scene, it's not a nace like we're going to see with Yosef where he was saved from the pit, but it's still called a nace. I'd say even more so here because it's a promise that seems so far away. 
in Yaakov's mind, he, he, how's he ever going to get back? So we're seeing again that a makom, a place, becomes an asset. And that's why it's an asset in increasing our level of intensity, of connection, of dependence on Hashem, and therefore our gratitude. What I want to show you when we come back to this topic, which we're going to avoid for a couple of weeks, most likely, or move away from it, is how does this reflect itself in real miracles? What happened to Yosef? But with the Chiddush of the Sephorno, it also applies to promises, which is incredible, and the certain humility that we should all have, that sometimes we actually need places. I can't think about it the same way when I'm in Teaneck, New Jersey, as in Beit Del, especially if I had an experience in Beit Del of vulnerability, go back there and celebrate. Have a great week of learning, everyone.